Welcome to Election Profit Makers, for lovers only edition. That's right, we're recording on Valentine's Day, the most erotic day of the year. We hope that you spent your day in bed, surrounded by chocolate and rose petals, sipping champagne while sucking on the toes and fingers of your one or many lovers. That's right, romance is in the air, and your two cupids are here with their bows and arrows to strike desire into the hearts of even the most grizzled podcast listener. You might be listening to this on the day or two following Valentine's Day, but it's our duty to keep the spirit of Valentine's Day alive all throughout the year. You've heard of the Christmas carol, Bah Humbug. Now it's time for the Valentine's Day carol, Bah Hug Hug. Hug what? Hug Hug. Hug, hug. Because mm-hmm. hugging is um, a way that humans can express affection. One of many, yeah. <clears throat> one of many. One of at least three or four. Why don't you name some other ways in which humans can express affection? Kissing. Kissing is a classic. Cuddling. Cuddling. Underrated, but making a comeback. I'll stop there. Okay. Hugging, kissing, and cuddling. There's one other way to show affection, John. Do you know what that is? Uh, No. Podcasting. Podcasting. Sharing your opinions, feelings, jokes, and insights with strangers you've never met, and yet you do feel some sort of kinship to. Yeah. We're all fellow passengers on the runaway train called life. Amtrak, all aboard! Destruction is our next stop. We might as well go down together. Are you headed to the cafeteria car? Would you mind picking me up a ham sandwich and a watercress salad so that I might enjoy my final fleeting moments upon this earth? Anyway, it's Election Profit Makers. I'm Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And I'm joined by Long John Silver. Hey, everyone out there in podcast land. Hey, David. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks. Look what I found. A heart-shaped artifact. What is that, a rock or is that one of your arrowheads? No, it's a rock. Where did you find that? It's shaped like, you know, one of these creek walks. Wow. Looks nice. It really does look like a Valentine's Day heart. If I didn't know any better, and I don't know any better, I'd say, this was made by man, but surely it wasn't. You have to understand this is a preform. They were going to turn this into a laser printer. It's a tool. That's it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. That was one of our best episodes ever. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later. We're just too hungover from the lovemaking we all did this weekend. Just kidding. No, I am hungover from... uh, the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl? What's that? Some kind of gigantic football game? Yeah, it was big, and I watch it. I think it's been a few years since I've watched the Super Bowl. You know, COVID, people don't have Super Bowl parties, and I don't really have a TV that gets access to that. But I have an antenna, and I installed it, and it worked. And I had the Super Bowl, and I watched it, and my team, Cincinnati, they lost. That was disappointing. But it was an exciting game. And no, I'm not hungover. I didn't have anything to drink, really. Maybe so. you're just hungover with the excitement of a, world, a world-class world game of football. My understanding, it was a pretty close Super Bowl. It was, but with all of the great games leading up to it, it was probably the most boring game we've seen in the last few weeks. We have to admit, this has been a terrific season for NFL football. It has. So you didn't watch it? I didn't watch it. I was reading my Jean Le Carré novel, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Well, there was a big uh, halftime show. I heard about it. Many famous rappers performed. Yeah, rappers from our childhood. What we call the old heads. Fat boys. What? Really? No. I was like, wake me when Schooly D and Spoonie G take the stage. (laughs) I don't have time for these newfangled rappers like 
Dr. Dre and Eminem. I still consider them new rappers. Yeah, I do too. Do you remember when you and I each swore allegiance to a different rival rapper? I was all in on Team Schoolie D and then you got into Spoonie G. Yeah, I think I chose the wrong one. Yeah, I think you did. I watched Bye Bye Birdie Saturday. Oh my gosh. You ever heard of it? I have never seen it, but I do know that it has one of my favorite songs ever from a musical, a song called I've Got a Lot of Living to Do. Yeah. Sizzling Steaks. I love a song where they mention sizzling steaks. Oh my gosh. The, The recording that I have of that, the drum fill near the end of the song is so exhilarating. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a great movie. It came out so it came out in 1963. It's got Dick Van Dyke in it and mm. Margaret. It was the movie that mm. put Anne Margaret on the map. Mm-hmm. And it was Dick Van Dyke's first movie. What? Yeah, he was known for the Dick Van Dyke show, but this was the first film he had been in. And the theme song, I guess, for the movie, you know, that Anne Margaret sings, Bye bye, birdie. You're in the army. Now that was not in the original play. The original musical? Yeah, which I was in that original musical, and I don't remember. Well, now, song. wait a minute. Let's qualify that statement. You were not in the original Broadway production no, in no, the no, early no, no, 60s. No, 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 no. Surely no, no, no. not. Yeah, you're right. You know, But I was in the musical when I, in, uh, in middle school. I played Hugo Peabody, the uh, boyfriend of Kim McAfee, who in the movie is played by Anne Margaret, <gasps> and I got to punch out Conrad Birdie. Did you have any songs or solos that you sang? I don't remember singing anything in particular, but I know all of the songs. So clearly I sang something. Um, One boy, one special boy. Maybe I sang that. What's that song about? It's Anne Margaret just singing that uh, Hugo is, is the only boy for her. That's you, man. That's your character. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's I know. good. You did good. I know, but I'm not sure I was believing her at that point because she was still, she wanted to get kissed by Conrad Birdie on national TV on the Ed Sullivan show. Oh, wait, is this about a love triangle? No, it was just, it was a symbolic kiss. Okay. But every time he kissed her, she would pass out and Hugo was kind of like not feeling it. And it was yeah, just embarrassing not, for yeah. his steady to be up there on national TV and kissing some other creep. And uh, embarrassing him in front of his boys. Is Bye Bye Birdie based on Elvis Presley getting drafted into the army? Yes. So the character of Conrad Birdie, is that his name, Conrad Birdie? Mm-hmm. Is he supposed to be a super famous celebrity within the world of the musical? That's right. And all, you know, he's he's controversial because of his bad boy image, and, <gasps> you know, the way he dances with his hips and the girls oh, yeah, love him yeah. and the guys are not so sure and they actually kind of hate him, but they probably secretly want to be him. And then he got drafted in the army, I guess, to go to Korea, just like Elvis Presley had. And it was, uh, yeah, it's basically about that. So how does it hold up? I think it holds up pretty well. Really? I, I was, yeah, I was entertained. The, you know, these these musicals are long. They are really long, but I, I I thought it was funny. One of the uh, not to give give it away, but this, there's a spoiler where there's not going to be enough time for them to perform on the Ed Sullivan Show because live TV, you know, the time there's only a limited amount. So they drug the Russian ballet conductor. Whoa! Okay, with Was, wasn't uh, expecting speed. This. And he, and he goes really, really fast. They made an amphetamine joke? 
Yeah, yeah, it was an amphetamine joke, and the Russian conductor goes really fast, and he makes the dancers dance really fast, and they're not doing really well. But it speeds up their performance, and then there's enough time for Conrad Birdie to sing, Oh, one less kiss. Oh, give me one more kiss. Or something like that. Wow. All this talk about Russian ballerinas and and secretly drugging people, it kind of sounds like my Jean le Carré novel. Tinker, tailor, soldier, spy. Go on. Well, it's just this really complicated novel and it has like 60 characters you have to keep track of their names and I can't tell them apart because they're all doughy British men in sopping wet Mackies or Macs or whatever they call coats over there. Let's just say Jean le Carré novels are slightly harder to follow than Jack Reacher novels. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start our show, Election Profit Makers. Welcome. You've tried the rest. Now, try the best. Election Profit Makers is back. This is our podcast. You've already started listening to it, so... Why stop now? John, there's a lot of news about former President Trump trying to eat classified documents and flush them uh, down the toilet. He He's denied that. So oh, really? I'm guessing, yeah, oh. he, he has categorically denied that that happened. And, and when Trump denies something, well, it doesn't mean anything, I guess. Uh, he, he is saying that it's a fake story. Okay. And that Maggie Haberman made it up. She's a reporter at the New York Times who is writing a book that's coming out called Confidence Man. And in the course of doing her research for this book, she discovered this fact. And it was published in Axios. I believe they got some excerpts from the upcoming book and published it. Maggie Haberman got a ton of pushback from people saying that she'd been sitting on this and that she should have reported it when she first learned about it, but she has denied that she knew about this when Trump was in office. Oh, right. Because a lot of times like Bob Woodward is like, I learned three years ago that we bombed uh, Canada and nobody talked about it, but I'm going to save it for my book to juice those first week book sales. And then everyone gets mad. Like, why, why is it, why are you surprised nobody trusts the media if you sit on this stuff just for your book sales? You're saying that Maggie Haberman face the same accusations, but denies their, their validity. Yeah. Maggie Haberman, people may, you know, there, there are real criticisms of Haberman, but I don't think she's a hack in the, in the way that, that Bob Woodward is a hack in my opinion. Oh, I like this spicy uh, take. So yeah, she came out and said, I, no, I just learned of it and, and I'm now reporting it. So remind me not to ask. <clears throat> I should have thought of some good jokes. We could do some good jokes about. Let me try to. You know what? Let's let's see if I can make up a joke in real time. Here we go. Uh, welcome to the Tonight Show. I'm Jimmy Fallon. This tonight we're turning over the entire episode to Kid Midas, the world's greatest political comedian. Please welcome Kid Midas. Hey everybody! Anyone see the news this week? Uh, apparently, former President Trump had a habit of flushing um, sensitive documents down the toilet in the White House. Remind me not to ask President Trump to bring me a filing cabinet for my office. He might bring me a toilet. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Remind me not to ask former President Trump to reach into the filing cabinet and retrieve that document. He might bring me a bowel movement from yeah. a toilet. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. Hey, uh, don't go to... Don't... If, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jimmy. Oh, okay. If President Trump offers to give you a ride to the Office Depot to buy a new filing cabinet, don't go. You might wind up in Filthy Toilets Unlimited. Yeah, a plumbing store. A plumbing store filled with 
commodes. Yeah, it could be that name, or it could you could just be Home Depot. Oh, that's perfect because then you have this nice symmetry. Listen to this, John. Oh yeah, this is going to okay. be a really good. Joke. You see what's going. about this to happen? Good. Everyone's yeah, getting yeah, so yeah, excited. Yeah, Let's yeah. do it though, because it's going to be better when we actually hear it. It's one thing all to right. hear it in your mind. Let's hear it when you actually. Okay, all right. I, I don't know this. if everyone heard the news that President Trump uh, has been accused of trying to flush sensitive documents down the toilet. Um, <laughs> take it from me, folks. This guy can't tell the difference between a filing cabinet and a commode. Better make sure you don't go with him on a trip to Office Depot. You mind? You God damn it! All the hell. Hold on. <laughs> Don't go on a trip with him to the office depot. You might wind up at the home depot. Damn it. Oh, I got to do it without laughing. Here we go. Yeah. Don't join him on a trip to the office depot. You might wind up at the home depot. Yeah. And then, and then, and then add in the little explanation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what does it. Because they sell toilets. They do. They certainly do. Okay, let's keep it moving. All right, you want to know what's going on in North Carolina? Hell yes, I want to know what's going on in North Carolina. A lot going on. We touched on it briefly last week. The North Carolina Supreme Court overturned the Republican-drawn congressional map that had been put forth on November 4th. The court ruled 4-3 to that the plan that this map that would give the Republicans an 11 to 3 advantage was unconstitutional. It was not fair. They punted it back to the legislature and said, you have until February 18th to make us a more fair map. That's this Friday. Yep. So the legislature is working on it right now. We don't know what they will come back with. North Carolina's current map right now, not the one that was rejected, but the current map has resulted in eight Republicans and five Democrats. So the new map could be eight to six. It could be nine to five, um, 10 to four. I don't know. Maybe it'll be seven to seven. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that. Did North Carolina gain a congressional district? I can't remember. It did. Okay. So it it went from 13 to 14 congressional districts. That's right. So what these folks are squabbling and fussing over now is how to allocate the districts geographically. Right. So there were going to be, you know, some changes to the map no matter what, just some of the big changes in in the map that was just denied. They took a bunch of people from GK Butterfield's uh district, the second district of North Carolina and sort of moved those into what is going to become the sixth district, which is David Price's old district. He is retiring. And who lives in that district, John? I live in that yeah, district. Yeah, you do. And, you know, Clay Aiken might be my representative. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. Because we don't know if... We, 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 we just simply don't know what the new maps are going to be. That's where... Oh, by the way, did you know the Erica Smith? You remember her? Of course. She ran against Cal Cunningham in the Democratic primary for Senate a couple years ago. Yeah, and she ran this year, too, again. And she uh, has dropped out. Wait, she dropped out? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that update. She has dropped out, and she is going to run for G.K. Butterfield's seat in the 2nd Congressional District. Whoa, really? Yeah. Like this, this same election cycle? Yeah. She's like, I'm done running for Senate this year. I'm running for the House this year. Yeah. How often does that happen? That's wild. Right now, the congressional, the 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 second district was pretty strong dim district. 
but it was really watered down and it wasn't that strong of a district, which is why G.K. Butterfield was like, I'm out of here. And, and when he resigned in his announcement, he also said, you know, this is a protest of the racist gerrymandering and he's going to work behind the scenes to help get rid of that. Let me just go through the dates here. Okay. Hook us up with some dates. Okay. So the legislature has until Friday. To submit a new map. That's right. It goes to the trial court and the court has until February 23rd to decide if it's fair. That's what, a week from, wait, February 23rd and today's the 14th. So that's, that's a week, it's two weeks from Wednesday. Right. One week from Wednesday. I beg your pardon. Candidate filing starts on February 24th. Okay. That's the next day. That's right. And the last map that was put out was put out around noon. So it's probably going to be 12 hours or less. The candidates will have to decide not only whether they're going to run, but which district they're going to run in. Or which, right, which district they're living in, essentially. That's right. Right. That's right. So, we, you know, this already affected uh, Jasmine Beach Ferrara, who was running in the 14th against Madison Cawthorn. Then they put this new map forward and Cawthorn said, nah, I'm going to jump to the 13th. Because it's a safer seat. That's right. Well, now we don't know if it's a safer seat. Mm. It could be that that Cawthorn jumps back in. Please jump back into the 14th. That would be to amazing. The 14th. Yeah. There's a lot up in the air. John, is it safe to say the situation on the ground electorally in North Carolina is chaotic? Fluid and chaotic. Fluid. Yes. I, that's better. You're yeah. right. Chaotic is a little yeah. pejorative. Let's call it fluid. Let's say, yeah, it's fluid. The primaries are Tuesday, May 17th. Plenty of time for everyone to figure out what district they live in and to campaign effectively in that district. Plenty of time. Right. That was a good update, John. Thank you. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Bad boys of the week. No bad boys thing. this week. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I, I don't know. No, nobody jumped out. What do you think? I mean, if anything, I think this was a week where some former bad boys kind of became good boys. Yeah. Think about it. Eminem, famous bad boy rapper. Yeah. Who obviously over the years seems to have found an explicitly kind of, you know, more or less hazy progressive political Stance. He took a knee at the NFL halftime show, I'm led to believe, according to my Twitter feed. He did. You know, when it happened at the time, uh-huh. I did not make any connection that he was making a statement. You just thought just it was like, like, remember when Bono used to crouch down? Remember when you two yeah. would play a concert back when they were young and Bono would kind of crouch down at the edge of the stage and sing his songs? How long, how long will this, must this go on? How long? Whoa, tonight, dun, 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 I'm kneeling dun. on this. It's uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, and um, Bono used and to do a lot. he would open up his jacket and show an American flag. He used to do a lot of crouching and kneeling. You thought that's what Eminem was doing? Yeah, I didn't I didn't connect it. But, he was probably uh, yeah, taking seems... a knee on purpose, right? At the no, end no, of... obviously. Yeah, okay. I just, uh, yeah. I didn't know. There had been a report out that the NFL had said they were forbidden to do that. I'm not sure. If I believe that, that would be really dumb of the NFL to do. It would be dumb for them to put it in writing, certainly. But it would be dumb even to suggest it because, of course, they're going to do it. Mm, you can't tell Eminem what to do. He'll cause a no, stink. That's exactly what he did. Oh, mom's spaghetti. The Republicans on Twitter, the conservatives, loved this halftime show. Let me guess. They said, finally, a tribute to America's cultural, ethnic, and musical diversity. Uh-huh. Great, <laughs> to <see laughs> these, great to see these... These classic hip hop heads finally get their due on the biggest stage possible. Much love to much love to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. 
Much love to the LBC. Is that what they said? Yeah, that's Charlie Kirk said that. Charlie Kirk Something. said, mm, Eminem can get it. Faux show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie Kirk, why don't you tweet that? You you would be so popular on Twitter. What did Charlie oh Kirk said? He said something like, this is a celebration of hedonism and sexual chaos. Or... Well, yeah, well, I, it was a really good phrase, actually. Maybe kind of excited. Like, that must be some halftime show. But why was it sexual chaos? Were they singing their dirty songs from the 90s? No, I didn't get the sexual thing. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Mary J. Blige was, was you know, wearing sort of some cut. She looked pretty sexy. Yeah, but... But it wasn't anything sexier than, like, Beyonce yeah. up there. You know, it was... I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know what it was. I don't consider Mary J. Blige a force of sexual chaos. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was Fifty Cent hanging upside down. Oh God, was Fifty Cent hanging upside down? Well, of course that yeah. was. He literally was hanging upside down. That's insane. Yeah, he was. Oh, all right. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think much of Fifty. You know what? Actually, it's interesting. You want to know something very interesting, John? I'm going to come talk about Fifty Cent for a moment. All right. I love this stuff. It's some. <laughs> you love it when I talk about my rappers. Yeah, I can talk rappers anytime. Let's, Let's talk go. rappers real quick, man. 50 okay. Cent. Um, Turnstile, that band I was talking about on a Patreon episode who have this new album that came out this year that I enjoy, the producer of that album produced Into Club by 50 Cent. Hmm. Normal. I always just think it's so weird when like super popular hip hop producers then produce like former hardcore bands and create this smash hit album. But I guess that just goes to show that good production is good production. If you have a good ear and you know what the music calls for, good for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my 50 cent story. All right. Why was he hanging upside down? Was he representing a bat, the spirit of the night or something? I think it was a callback to maybe like one of his first videos. Oh, it's probably a video I'm not familiar with. And that's why I don't understand the reference. Right. Because you didn't have a TV then. So Okay. All right. I'm going to quit talking about rap. I think it's nice when middle-aged men talk about rappers. Okay. What are some fun beats and raps you remember? Mm. Well, I remember the Fat Boys originally, you know. I've got really into beatboxing. That's right. You were a hell of a beatboxer, as I recall. I still got it. You still got it. That was amazing. That was just like you've been doing it all day. Yeah. That was terrific. I haven't been. It's not good to beatbox during COVID. It's probably one of the worst art forms to practice unmasked in a closed space during COVID. Yeah. That Um, and artistic (laughs) (laughs) dick. Actually, that wouldn't be bad because I don't think it spreads through does it? That's really interesting, uh, actually. Is totally safe during COVID compared to kissing? It's probably safer. It's respiratory. It doesn't go through the Right? Oh, so interesting. That's true. You were two years in and we still don't know. When is the CDC going to come out with that pamphlet that says, here's all the freaky stuff you can do during COVID ranked according to safety. (laughs) And the number one most dangerous thing you can do is kiss somebody. Everything else you can do. (laughs) It's all fine. The thing yeah. you can't do is kissing. No more kissing. I just like to say hi to my parents. No. Don't worry. I'll, to this podcast. I'll bleep that out. All right. Okay. Let's get back. <laughs> let's get back to our talking about rapping. Okay. Right. Rapping. Rapping. Um, okay. Let's move on. Okay. 
Season 2 of Dicktown premieres Thursday, March 3rd at 10 p.m. on FXX. Available the next day on Hulu. John, let's move on to some listener questions and feedback. Okay, I'll do my best. Last week in Bad Boys of the Week, John nominated uh, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy because of his immortal comment regarding the SCOTUS nominee, all I want is someone who knows the difference between a J. Crew catalog and a law book, or whatever it was. We could not for the life of us figure out the logical trajectory of that incredible diss. So thanks to everyone who wrote in and said it was a reference to Michelle Obama, apparently, because Michelle Obama loves J. Crew catalogs. Now, this is interesting. I mean, on the one hand, he was saying, all I want is someone... (laughs) I, st- the, I have to say the logic of the statement still evades me somewhat because he's basically saying what I don't want is another Michelle Obama because Michelle Obama, who loves J. Crew and has a law degree, doesn't know the difference between J. Crew and a law book. Is that what he's saying? I guess. But why? W- what does Michelle Obama have to do with any of these other potential justices. Oh, Johnny, you sweet summer child. You know what she has to do with them. Just because they're black? They're black ladies. It's kind of weird to have a black lady be smart and know about the law. Oh, right? Okay. All right. Anyway, when I was researching this statement about J. Crew and law books, I found the most extraordinary thing, John, and this is what makes it really weird. Listen to this tweet. (laughs) from Louisiana Senator John Kennedy from April of 2021. Anybody who knows a law book from a J. Crew catalog knows that Democrats' attempt to add D.C. as a state is unconstitutional. What is this guy's obsession with this J. Crew law book thing? I think when you get older, speaking as someone who's getting older, I just think... What, you just get fixated on a little zinger? Yeah, little grooves start to 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 appear in your brain, and then you just sort of fall into these same little divots and, and say the same things. Do you think this guy's mind is a perpetual Ferris wheel of J. Crew Law Book, J. Crew Law Book, J. Crew Law Book, and he can't remember whether or not he said it, so he just says it every so often? Yeah, yeah, because your brain is cluttered because you got a lot more information in there. Young people don't have memory problems. They've actually done studies on this because they just haven't experienced that much. Anyway, I'm going to keep my ears open for the next time Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy tries to slip his J. Crew law book zinger into conversation because he thinks it's a winner. I have my eye on you. I'm someone who repeats zingers as much as the good Lord will permit. So I see you, Senator Kennedy. I've got my eye on you. We got a letter from Benji. Benji writes, this past week, you were complaining about Canadian truckers whining and lashing out. I'm not going to be allowed for this muffler. Don't you guys like it when people whine and lash out? I guess we all whine and lash out in different ways, but I tune in to hear you whine and lash out. I find it cathartic and fun and funny and relatable. I know you aren't clogging up the physical roadways, but your particular brand of hijinks, I believe, falls into the category of whining and lashing out. Don't you think? If not, why not? It's not the whining and lashing out. It's what they're whining and lashing out about. I think people were whining and lashing out about Black Lives Matter, and, and, but I think it was justified. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is not justified in any way. So you're saying it's not the whining and lashing out per se. It's the catalyst to said whining and lashing out. Yeah, Absolutely. Benji, I'm going to say something slightly different, which is I'm going to take the opposite tack of John's, which is that it's not the whining and lashing out 
whether its cause is just or unjust, stupid or smart, it's that they was actively destructive in a way that I don't even think the Black Lives Matter riots, when they did descend into physical chaos, were disruptive. These truckers were deliberately kind of like occupying the main space of Canada's blessed capital and shutting off major trade routes. And let's also remember that a lot of these trucker protests were being bankrolled by right-wing elements within not Canada, but the accursed United States, the Satan right. to the South, as it is universally known among Canadians. Oh, I didn't know that. So I think there's a difference between whining and lashing out on a podcast that's only listened to by, I don't know, three or 400,000 high-earning individuals like our podcast, Hello Advertisers, or whining and lashing out where you're disrupting the day-to-day life and doing this kind of menacing, masculine, truck horn-honking protesting. Well, I'm not sure I agree with you. I, I think being disruptive, I think sometimes you have to be disruptive uh, for civil disobedience. If there were Black Lives Matter people that were disrupting traffic in particular places, I would have supported them because I would say, "What? What? why? What? What is the reason here? Oh, that seems like, that seems like a reason to be upset. Benji, thank you for the food for thought. I'm going to have to think about this a little bit more. I will say, though, initially, I don't care about whining and lashing out. That's why the good Lord invented podcasts, yeah. so that humans from the comfort of their own home may whine and lash out with no physical consequences other than the delighted eardrums of their many devoted listeners. All right, let's move on. Fucking c- Canadian truckers. I'm so sick of these truckers. Yeah. Well, apparently this today they they all just got off the bridge, so it's all over. But there'll be more there'll be Canadian trucker style chaos in the United States for sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that it is so easy to cause chaos totally with a few trucks, you know. The, these examples of, of these tiny snowstorms and you have a couple of trucks jackknife, it just snowballs. Gums up the works. Yeah. Brett wrote in a long question asking John where he should live in the Research Triangle Park. Brett, we're skipping your question, but I will say, let's let's read the last paragraph of Brett's question. All right. Because I know you'll be able to speak to this. Okay. Also, as a fan of extreme metal... I loved the blood incantation reference this week. Given his interest in harsh music, I'm wondering if David has ever explored the more experimental niches of black metal, which may be something he'd enjoy. Oranzi Pazuzu and Kralis, for example. Brett, thank you for your question. Uh, I do have a couple Kralis albums. Kralis is an experimental, I guess you would call them experimental black metal or death. I get all the fucking metals confused, man. I like stoner metal, sludge metal, and doom metal. I guess Kralis is black metal and blood incantation is death metal, but I don't really get too deep into those genres because I have to say it doesn't have that kind of like boogie woogie factor that the, 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 like the slower groovier metal has. I like it to have a little swing to it or something and Kralis is very interesting but when it's just tremolo picking and it's just like for like eight minutes straight and there's no there's no like breathing space to it i guess i just find it kind of exhausting it starts to feel inhuman to me which i guess is the point these are genres of music after all that are called black metal and death metal so Kralis is okay. I've never heard of Aransi Pazuzu. I watched one of their videos yesterday on on uh, after getting this email. It seemed okay. 
I'm just super particular about things. It has to just hit just like just the right sweet spot. I recommend Kralis though. Go Be Forgotten. That's a that's a good record. And it has that main song. It's a cover. Go Be Forgotten. It has a great melody. John, it goes like this. Down, 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 down. It's a catchy melody for for yeah. um, for black metal. That's pretty catchy. Yeah, I like that. And then of course, uh, give a shout out to Beckett's dad because he's all about uh, what are they called? What's the hipster black metal band? Oh, why am I blanking on their name? I have one of their records. The baby. The baby. No, it's um. Oh, Deaf Heaven. Sorry. Whoo. Okay, mm. got that out. All right, we got a question here from Rocco. I was very interested by John's response regarding a listener's question about the skyline hierarchy in this listener's family. When John mentioned the frequency of 400 and 700 foot buildings in the cities under discussion, I wondered about other possible skyline analytics and how they might play into a skyline's total profile slash assessment. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, but what about a skyline's total number of floors or some kind of differential frequency between a skyline's tallest and shortest buildings, i.e. Uh, IE ratio of, say, 600-foot buildings to 100-foot buildings. It's not my area of expertise, he writes. I teach English, not math or statistics, or for that matter, skylines, and I don't know if such stats are consistently or at all kept among cities, but I'm curious to hear what John and his considered expert opinion on all things skyline thinks about such possibilities. Wow, that's a good question from Rocco. That is a good question. I will tell you that the big skyline ranking databases, probably the most famous one is is held by the Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. Say it one more time for the people in the back. The Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat, based in Chicago. They didn't quite hear you all the way in the back. The Council on Urban Habitat and Tall Buildings. One old lady just walked in. She missed what you said. Can you say it again? The Council on Tall Buildings and Urban... Wait a minute. (laughs) Uh... Now I've forgotten what the actual name is. The Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. Is that it? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. So yeah, the Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. That's the name of it. So yeah, he wants to know about the the, the analytics. Well, the Council on Urban Habitat and uh, <laughs> Tall... You wait a minute. It. It's, the, it's the Council <laughs> on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. Oh, oh, why wasn't this the Super Bowl halftime show? John yeah, Kimball yeah. hanging upside down, trying to re- correctly recall the name of his favorite organization on planet Earth. Oh, anyway. All the right. Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitats. Yeah. So the council, they use a metric that is pretty, I wouldn't say it's not dynamic in any way. They r- rate a uh, city's skyline by simply the number of buildings over 150 meters. Lame. So just simply by how many Lame. buildings are that they, they consider skyscrapers. Lame. You know? I use another skyline ranking, which is done by a couple of total nerds. And the URL of this thing is awful. You would never be able to find it. But I, I made a bit, bit.ly link for it. Hit me. If you go to bit.ly slash best skylines, all one word, 
lowercase, bit.ly slash bestskyline. And to be clear, this is a bit.ly that you generated at your own time and expense because you find the organization's URL unseemly. Is that correct? Once you see uh, this this URL, you will be disgusted. I'm going to type it in right now, bit.ly slash bestskylines. And then the original URL will reveal itself to me. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah. We're looking at Tud low867.home.xs4all.nl slash skylines.html. Yeah, they should hit me up. I own tallbuildings.com. I could redirect that for them. That would that would help. So they use a a uh, equation, I guess, to score their cities. And it is equal to the sum of all building heights. So as he said, you know, how many total floors? I, I don't like to use total floors. I just like to use total height. Yeah, I think that makes sense because a skyline is an outward and um, visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace, right? Right. And and the, and the floors per se are not visible, so they shouldn't count. I agree with you. And, and you know, you've got certain buildings, you know, let's say a hotel where the floors don't need to be so high, um, where modern office buildings have much bigger floors. So if you have a hotel that is 70 stories uh, versus an office building that is 70 stories, they're, they're, they should not be ranked the same because I guarantee you that, that the office building is, is much taller. But I digress. So he, they say they look at the, the total sum of building heights after subtracting a, a minimum of 90 meters for each building. Freestanding towers count as half their height. So something oh. like the CN Tower in Toronto, which isn't actually yeah. a skyscraper, they're, they're going to give you something for it. I like the way these nerds are thinking, John. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it is subjective, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, the equation works for all of the, all of the skylines. So they, they have Hong Kong as the number one skyline. Wow. 92,628 points. And number two is not even close. Hong Kong is straight dominating this ranking. Yeah. And number two isn't New York anymore. Ooh, look at that. Shenzhen, China is number two. Dubai is number four and Wuhan is number five. And then look what number six, Wuhan, Chongqing, back to back. We've been to both of those cities, my friend. You're right. Yeah. Number seven, Tokyo, been there. Number eight, haven't been to, Guangzhou. Number nine, Shanghai, went there with my buddy, John. Yeah. Then Bangkok and uh, Singapore. Hmm. Chicago comes in at number 13. The last time they did their update was in 2020. Before that, it had been five years. They did it in 2015. So I don't like that these guys don't do it every Every minute. Year, but you want to constantly yeah, updating algorithm? I yeah, I do. John, it pains me to tell you this, but Charlotte, North Carolina is not in the top 100 skylines. No, it is not. But he or they have only updated the top 30 oh, in 2020. Yes. And Charlotte is... Uh, without a doubt, would be moving up, at least among its peers in North America. Mm -hmm. It's possible that Charlotte is will continue to move down the list, just like all the places in North America, because uh, Asia is just dominating in the skyline metric. Uh, but Charlotte is moving up in the U.S. Good. I'm happy to hear it. 
yeah, right now he's got Charlotte just ahead of San Diego and New Orleans. But I think Charlotte is more on par with, say, a Denver and aiming for Minneapolis. But that's still a few years away. John, is this a good time for me to share a skyline dream I had the other night? Yeah, I love dreams. John, I had a dream a couple nights ago that I was admiring in the distance a huge skyline surrounded by greenery, a lush environment for this metropolis to be sticking straight up. I was seeing it from a far distant away, and yet it looked very close to me, very present. And I said, God, what an amazing skyline. I wonder what that is. And John, you said, that's Raleigh, North Carolina. Hmm. And I said, I think I'm going to move there. I love that skyline. Isn't that a wild dream? That is a wild dream because Raleigh has pound for pound one of the worst skylines. Uh, But it has one of the best urban tree canopies in the country. Maybe that's what I was picking up on in my dream. That's why it seems so lush and verdant. Yeah, it really does. And and Raleigh is there. They've got a lot of proposed new skyscrapers, but they've got a, a ways to go. I had a dream about Bob Odenkirk Ooh. that I was on a talk show with Bob Odenkirk. And before we went on the talk show, I actually, I think I was he- headlining the talk show. I think I was the star. Finally, some justice in this world. Yeah. I love that. And uh, I told some joke to Bob Odenkirk backstage and he laughed and said that he was going to tell it on the show. Was it our Home Depot Office Depot joke? No, it might have been. I, I don't, I can't recall it, but I do recall that when I came out, they, the band played that old uh, Vietnam song. What, Surf and Bird? Everybody knows about the bird. I know why. Whirly Bird, Helicopter Tony. That was, um, their tribute to you. And then Roy Cooper, the governor of North Carolina, showed up oh for some God, reason. This is all one dream? Yeah. And Ooh. gave me an award. <gasps> and then- What'd you get the award I, for? I don't remember what the award was for. Probably general excellence. So, and then I panicked because there was an election the next day and I wasn't sure that he was going to win. And I was like, he's just given me an award. Should I hit him up and try to get him on the podcast? On our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably some anxiety about the podcast. That's probably what that dream was about. There's a lot going on in that dream. That was a good dream. Thanks. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. You can send your election prediction questions or skyline questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to bet with us on Predict It, you can go to www.predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. This is a real thing you can do. And you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. We'd appreciate that. Some exciting Patreon news. I would like a statistician to contact me and tell me how unusual it is, the thing that I'm about to describe. I was addressing envelopes to the new Patreons, and two back-to-back Patreons had the same street number, the same four-digit street number. Hmm. So one of them was like 5362 Winifred Lane in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the next one was 5362 12th Street in Chicago, Illinois. Like, what are the odds of that? I was was dumbstruck. Statistician, let me know. Patreon.com slash election profit makers if you want some stickers.
would it be like one in 9,999? Street numbers surely are not evenly distributed across the first 9,999 numbers Correct. though, right? But yeah, there's something about like, what are the odds that two people in a group, in a room of 30 people will have the same birthday? Same it's always birthday. like one in four or something. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. Like what? Yeah. That feels like one of those things someday scientists are going to be like, actually, we were totally wrong about that. <laughs> you know, that feels like one of those things like, yeah, well, everybody knows that the uh, sun revolves yeah. around the earth. And then a little fella called Copernicus shows up and was like, um, actually, I'm going to mansplain this to you. It's going to be the same thing with that birthday thing. Cause yeah. It's like one in 10 or something of just completely absurd. Yeah. There's no freaking way. It doesn't pass the smell test. Mm-hmm. That's what they should say about that. Yep. Sometimes I think this country and their politicians we got over here, they don't pass the smell test. P.U. All right. On that note. The United Stinks of America. Uh, Bye. Okay. Bye. I'll see you later. Bye. Go shawty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up. It's not your birthday. You'll find me in the club. Bottle full of bug, mama, I got what you need if you need to fill a buzz. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug if you're in the getting rough. You can find me in the club. Bottle full of bug, mama, I got what you need if you need to fill a buzz. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug.